Alright y'all come on in, take your shoes off, sit on down. Y'all listening to In the Corner, Back by the Woodpile. Fun counter guy, thanks for stopping by. I have some dear friends that if you've been a sometimes listener to In the Corner Back by the Woodpile, their voices should sound familiar. Their names are Kelly and Joseph Harris, and we thought we'd take this episode to tell the story of not only how they got together as a couple, but also how music was one of the key elements to their years together. A good starting point would be how me and you met. We met due to the fact of Mind Up. Uh, Mind Up used to work at Tower Records. And Mind Up's a DJ in Nashville. Yeah, he's also a DJ in Nashville. And he used to be on the uh, radio station. And it was quite weird because he would do his show, I think, from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings. Yeah, the underground alarm clock. And so I got used to hearing his voice. And so... I just was at one day I just went to Tower Records and he started talking to me. He said, So you're interested in some vinyl? I said, Sure I am. And I said, Gee, uh, voice kind of sound. He said, Yeah, I'm on the underground alarm clock. And I said, Oh, 91.1. That's when 91.1 was cool. Yeah, you know? Vanderbilt. Yes. But it's anyway. Not cool anymore. Well, it, it, it's a long, sordid story, but eventually NPR bought it, and so now it's like classical. Ah, yeah. I see. But it's definitely not house music. No, yeah. that's not cool. And so I think at that time, I think Tower Records was going out of business. And so I said, oh, man, bummer. I said, so I ain't going to be able to get no records here anymore. And he said, well, there's a place I can uh, tell you about. It's called Spun Records. And he told me it's right off of Belmont. Is it off of Belmont Avenue over Portland? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that yeah. area. Uh, he said, I said, really? He said, it's a house. Uh, he said, at the bottom, they sell, like, candles and different types of different types of arrangements and stuff like that. He said, but top level, he said, Spun Records. I said, oh, okay, I'll go over there. So I went over there and I parked in the back, came through the alleyway or the sideway of the house. I went upstairs and stuff like that. And I met you. Right. Your hair was much longer then. Yeah. And everything used behind the counter. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, this place is nice. Wow. What I liked about your place, you know, is that you just don't buy the vinyl and walk off with it. No, you buy it. You listen to it. Yeah, we had know? a listening station. Yeah. That was Mindub's idea, in fact. Even though it was my record store, he really helped me a lot. That was great. Uh, you should get it back. Well, <laughs> a, a businessman I am not. I, I found out. Well, can I make a confession? Go ahead. When you first came in, I thought you were retarded, literally. <laughs> and, and this is why. Okay. There was another guy who would come in every once in a while, and you guys looked a whole lot alike. And he would come in, and he would listen to records, but he never bought anything because he didn't have any money. I think he just kind of wandered around the neighborhood. He's very nice. He didn't say much. He would just smile. I said, "You find anything good?" He like, he'd just smile and nod. And I realized like, oh, he's special. And so I let him. I didn't care. So when you came in, and when you, well, we're getting to the story where you asked me to help you out with proposing to Kelly, I thought, 
wait, uh, this guy can talk? <laughs> and, and, and he's got a girlfriend? Uh, I, I, I thought, it's probably not really his girlfriend. It's probably a girl he has a crush on. and She, she has no idea what's in store for her. <laughs> kind of time knowing about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But, you know, later on, he, that, that guy, uh, he disappeared for a while. And then when I later shut the shop down and I started working for Great Escape, he started coming in there. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, there's Joseph's retarded twin. That's <laughs> 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 so hilarious. So, anyway, that kind of reminds me of, remember that movie, that um, Young Frankenstein? Oh, yeah. Remember, uh, Dr. Frankenstein asked him to go in there and get the brain, get the smart one. Yeah. And he dropped. The smart brain, and he just picked up the one that was next to the one he dropped. The, and the one that was named Abby Normal. Yes. Don't <laughs> <laughs> so so think about that. That's why you guys are best friends. <laughs> well, he's not who the first. Who would even think to make that reference that you made to Young Frankenstein? You know what, and is? who and who would get it and know it? Right. But Tim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a waistcoat, perfect fit. But the funny thing about it, there was another person you got me confused with. Mm-hmm. I came in there one day to buy some records, and you just looked, you just stared at me. And I'm like, well, hello, how you doing, Tim? You just kept staring at me. He said, oh my God, I thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I had a problem, I don't know. Those are kind of rough years. You died, man. I said, no, I'm not, I'm oh, not dead. I know exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking about. Yeah, as a guy that I only met once, and it was yeah. a friend of my dubs, in fact. And he was in the house music also. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why you're friends with me. You really should <laughs> cut me out of your life if you can. But you're not the first friend I have, like lifelong friend I had that I thought was retarded when I first met him. <laughs> and that's a thing with me. I don't know. <laughs> so, okay, so you start coming in the shop buying records. Yes. And you really did have a girlfriend. Yes, I did. Yeah. And she's sitting right here. So, Hello. in your recollection, who should I ask first about how y'all met? You can ask her. Okay. He picked me up at work. Oh. <laughs> so, you worked at the same place? Yes, we did. I worked there first, okay, and let the record show that he had been checking me out for some time. Unbeknownst to me, it was told to me by a friend later that he had been, you know, asking questions you know, about, you know, who I was dating, if I was single, what did she do, or whatnot. So and you're, we met at work. And you're a nurse. Yes, I am. And, at that time, I was not. At that time, I was in nursing school. Okay. And what are you exactly? I'm a mental health associate slash CPI instructor slash other thing, everything else, you know. Slash yeah. bouncer. Slash Uber driver. <laughs> yeah. right. Uber soon and Lyft go, driver. Soon to be going to school. So, I guess he started to talk to you? Yeah, yeah. And the conversation was about music. Okay. That is what really and truly bonded us, was our love of music. But if I recall correctly, he didn't impress you initially. Because no, some of the stuff he was saying to not you. Not at all. Not at all. So, you know, I was in nursing school, also working full time. I would work double shifts on the weekend and attend school during the weekday. So that was a pretty rough schedule. And 
I know this is getting personal, but you were post-divorce as well. Yes, right. I was. I yeah. was. That was a really, really good thing. I was actually really happy about that. I felt quite liberated. But it was an intense time in my life. So I didn't always look the best at work. <laughs> kind of describe, like, what was your fashion sense at that time? Oh, it was. It was awful. But I had a right to look awful. Like, describe what you were wearing. <laughs> so I had on my brother's pants who's like six three okay and you're not six three no <laughs> you're not six anything no i'm like five seven so i had on his what did i call them carpenter pants yeah there were some black carpenter pants and i had on like this simple white polo shirt that was oversized so my soon-to-be husband approaches me in the connector, it's just a little area that leads to, you know, our workplace. And he says, you know, you're looking a little bit like a beatnik today. Oh. <laughs> so, no. I really caught me off guard. I was like, this person who doesn't even know me personally has the courage to comment on my appearance. Courage or gall? <laughs> well, both. But courage, if you you know my personality. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, sir. Yes. What did you think you would achieve by giving her kind of a backhanded compliment? Well, I just realized she looked she looked abnormal that day, mm -hmm. and I just said, "Wow, you know, she, you know, she was to clean up, but was she coming in with these oversized pants?" You, you yeah. meant it because you you cared? Is it I cared. Oh, okay. I cared. And that, that, that because I found it to be um, no, no humor in it at all. Oh, you weren't trying to be funny. We weren't trying to be funny at that particular time. But that was our first interaction. You know, that that's what I didn't get. Our first interaction. And that's what you say to me. And I guess I never thought about that. I, that was my, well, it wasn't my first impression. But I guess it was a change. Uh -huh. It was a change for him to see me in that way. Did that make you mad? Oh my God, I was pissed off. <laughs> I wanted to slap him. <laughs> so I really had a few choice words on the tip of my tongue, but because I was at work, I knew I was like, well, I can't say that. So I'll just say, well, you've got some nerve. Who do you think you are? So that's what you said? Yes. <laughs> and what, what did you think when she said that to you? I knew I messed up, you know, you just, you just, you just know, you just said, oh man, because she was serious, you know, she didn't laugh it off. You would see, she don't remember. I remember her, her movements, her body language. She put her hands on her hips and she's like, you don't know what I'm going through. And I dare you say that about me. You don't know me like that. <laughs> and she ran off. And I like, I said, I think that was a bad one right there. I mean, I just stood there and just looked. That's the one thing I could do. Like, I messed that up. And so it was a... A lady used to work there. Her name was Beanie. I remember Beanie. You yeah. brought her to the restaurant, I think. Yeah. Yes. And she was like, she had that smoker's, that smoker's voice. And he said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself doing such a damn thing like that. You take your ass over there and you apologize. She goes through so much and you have the audacity. So she's like, beat Nick. Get your ass over there. And so like, all right, get. I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I went over there, and that was some that was some cool stuff. Cause you know, I apologized, and we, and we exchanged numbers. Really? Even after that? Yes. His apology must have been 
fantastic. Well, you know, I actually did think, you know, that was really nice of him to come over to me, somebody he really didn't even know, and he apologized. Most people don't do that. Right. Most people don't take the time to really, you know, really think about, you know, their actions and the repercussions of it. And I thought, well, he must be a really good guy if, if he has the courage, you know, to, you know, apologize. You know, we tell stories differently over the years. The original version of the story that I remember hearing was you had said to her, like, you'd said something about our clothes not being fashionable. And you said, oh, I don't care about fashion. And he said, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I can see you don't care about fashion. Yes. That, that, that did happen. There was a few more words. <laughs> okay. There, yeah, there I mean, were. That, I mean, yes, I did say that. That was the conclusion of me, what you just said. That was the finishing line. But, yeah, you look like a beatnik, though. You know, mm -hmm. and that's when that whole thing just went Well, down. some people wear a beatnik well. Not that day. The back of her feet was all piled up on 6'4", <laughs> you know, of, of pants legs. You know, all six, four of it. And so I'm like, oh, man, gee whiz, you know. But, I mean, the good thing about it, I mean, I got digits after that. I'm like, man, I got digits. And this was before smartphones was ever introduced. Uh -huh. You know, oh, so my... So you had yeah, like a rotary phone? Or... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like... Well, we had cell phones back then. It was cell phones, but they like... Yeah. They're like the big Don Johnson ones. I did yeah. have a landline at that time. Okay. I had a cell phone, and I had, but I did have a landline. You guys went on a date, I guess, or how'd that work? Well, we had a few conversations over the phone, and at work, and a, a friendship, it really, it quickly developed. So I knew that he was interested in me. I knew that he was. Mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, I, I physically thought that he was attractive, but my mind, I just wasn't in that space at that time. Mm -hmm. I had so many things going on. You know, and I didn't know if I wanted to date at that time. I had been married for like seven years at that point. Dang. Hadn't dated, hadn't really been out alone. So I had a really good friend who said that, you know, who encouraged me to go out. She said at least to relieve stress. I was like, how is that a stress reliever? It's stressful to even think about trying to meet new people. But she suggested she said, well, the best advice that I ever got, and she had been divorced, was to do something, involve yourself in a hobby, and you'll meet people who like the same hobby, and you never know what could develop. Mm -hmm. At least you could have a good friend who loves what you love out of it. Music was the thing. And so, in a roundabout way, I found out that he was a DJ. You would think, you know, most DJs, like, hey, I'm a DJ. Come hang out with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm cool. He didn't use that as like a hook. He really didn't. He really just talked to me about his family, about, you know, work. We just made small talk. And in a roundabout way, he told me, you know, I'm an emerging DJ. That's what I really, really like. You know, we started talking about genres. You know, he talked about, you know, he loves the 70s. That's his era. And it wasn't anything that I was really interested in. You know, I grew up in the South. Born in 77, and where I'm from, 
you know, gospel music and the blues are a really big deal. Somebody tell me, what is this man got? He makes me feel what I don't want to feel. Somebody tell me. I grew up in that area, in the you know, close to the crossroads, you know, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Memphis, but a really, really big thing, the thing that I remember most of all, I think the the biggest thing that people talked about was Triple Six Mafia, mm-hmm. um, all of the underground mixtapes. Mm-hmm. So really that was, when I look back on it now, you know, really what we were into was trap music. Right. You know, what is really huge now. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I still, to this day, like, trap music even though it is kind of awful but (laughs) (laughs) but that's what I grew up on Uh so it I was really interested in what he had to say about music because it wasn't anything that I was exposed to it was different and he was a cool guy Can I do a side note? Yeah, go ahead. Side note, it's one person I could not stand and would, I couldn't just. Uh, you better not say it. Yeah, Tina Marie. I just couldn't oh stand her Oh my gosh, she said it. Oh, I, <laughs> come on, Rick James and Tina Marie, fire and desire. Oh gosh, she was a killer. Ah. <laughs> sorry. That was just a side note, I'm sorry. Well, I, I have to say, like. I liked her early on, but as older she got, her vibrato got more and more warbly, you know, where mm-hmm. it was almost like listening to an opera singer. Like the last record she did before she died, I couldn't hardly hear it. Cause That's it, why. Because it was so warbly. Uh, eventually, this is going to get to house music. So explain how house music ended up being such a, a cementing part of this relationship. Well, I remember when uh, she was fortunate enough to be invited to my uh, bachelor pad. Um, <laughs> she she was listening to one of my songs that I was mixing. Like when she showed up to the house where you were in a robe and <laughs> smoking like a, a long cigarette on a piece of plastic or something. Or... No, I should have yeah, done like, that yeah, now. Like, yeah, like a monocle on my eye. <laughs> he did have incense burning. Oh. <laughs> what flavor was it? I can't. Uh, sandalwood, I believe. Okay. <laughs> At least it wasn't like a sour cream and chives or something. <laughs> and I had this big TV. I mean, it was a big 50-inch projection TV. You know, she probably might not say it now, but she was impressed a little bit. Were you? Somewhat, somewhat. I mean, it was tastefully... Decorated, it oh, was. Okay, I had a nice platform bed. Oh, wow! Did you see that the first time? <laughs> well, the, his, you got the his grand tour? DJ. I mean, he lived. It was sort of like he lived in like an efficiency apartment, like a well, a studio. So yeah. everything was together. It was a very large space. Mm-hmm. So he had this little spot where he DJ. Then there was the bedroom, and then there was the sitting room and the TV. So nice. I miss it. But anyway, things has to change. So I was sitting there and I remember hitting that song, uh, Love Yourself by Blue Six. So she's like, oh, whew, I never heard it like this before in my life. That's different. 
That is so different. Different in that it was a remix? Well, she was used to listen to all this. I mean, and I understand that. She's used to listen to these different radio stations. And I'm not knocking these radio stations, but they, they put those those certain songs on rotation and they play them over and over and over again. You can knock them. I'll knock them. They kill it. Yeah, so you're like, okay. they. So it's a subliminal message. You know, they're trying to get you to buy it, that right. song or buy that album. So you heard a version of the song, but not the version I he had. had. I had heard a version of the song on satellite radio. Okay. Okay. That really and truly, I guess, was the only exposure that I've had to house music, okay. really and truly. And so she was like, oh my God, I like that song. I said, well, you know, he said, what kind of music is this? And I said, this is, I said, I guess you would call it, it's house music, but it's down tempo. That's that, like, I guess is the the down tempo. I said, the art, the BPMs are just slowed down a little bit. The chill, the yeah. jazzier sound of house music. I said, people think of house music as the, the high, I guess, BPMs and you know, you just dance real fast and yo-yos and blowing the dark worms and stuff like that. I said, but no, they have a different side. They have an intimate side, you know. She said, I enjoy this. And so I said, okay. So I'm like, hmm, she liked it. So that's my favorite one. So I said, I'm going to put that on ice for later. For some reason, I'm going to keep that on ice. Just for some reason, I just knew it. I don't know why. I said, just, I'm going to keep this on ice. And so I put it away. And so every so often, she'll come over and I would do a set. Just for her. You would DJ for her? Just for her, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Now, some girls would think, like, that's ridiculous. I was totally into it. Uh-huh. You know, it was, it felt new and different. As I stated, I hate to keep some reference to everything that I was going through. But, you know, it was, it was just a time of change mm-hmm. in so many different ways for me personally. But I really, truly did enjoy someone playing music for me taking the time out to pick something out for me. He never really asked me, well, who do you like? We never really had that kind of conversation, did we? It was just always just like an ongoing conversation just about music. And so I really enjoyed his selections. I felt like he was also sharing with me because he was an up and coming DJ. You know, he talked about what DJing was like. Mm And I was very interested in that. I never really had thought about it, but it really is an art. It's an art form. So, you know, because a lot of these house songs, they go on like a long time. Mm-hmm. What were you looking at? Were you just watching him do his thing or were you staring at the, the wall or what? <laughs> I was watching him do his thing and it was also like, a, it was a nice distressor. I was really enjoying myself. That's cool. You know, enjoying the music, just enjoying the groove. asked me well how did I sound you know or and if he tried something different you know he would ask me well did you notice that I did this or whatever or you know I guess I developed a a critical ear as well in that process I guess were you kind of nervous that like this girl might think like I mean he can't DJ worth crap I I can't be with him you know what I never had that thought I never thought that she would I knew she was into me and I was just basically giving her orientation of my world. And I wanted her to be a part of that world. Uh-huh. 
and she she never complained about it. She was in school. She was working night shift. And so she would come over and she would relax. It was relax mode for her. So, and I would put on some music and I'll play it for her. Then we will sit back and watch TV, watch movies. We love movies. Mm -hmm. But I just was letting her know that there is a other side of the world that you don't want a part of anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, but this is another side. This is a better side. Mm -hmm. And she enjoyed it. And so... We got on this conversation. We took it to another step. I'll go over her place and spend time. She'd come on mine. And then we'll get a chance. We'll, we'll, oh, we would, what was the name of that music store that was right over there? It was Borders. So, so at that time, we got into Jamiroquai. And so we would, we bought some of his albums and we would listen to it. I mean, we was on it just, it was like, wow, this, this is fun. Hey. At that time, I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna make that move on her, you know? I remember, I think at that time, Tower Records was closing, so they was selling their CDs real cheap. I mean, because they're just trying to get, get get all the inventory out, and we bought all the house and that you ever wanted. We just bought it, and we just sat up that whole night and we listened to one CD after the other. And at that time, which they don't do anymore, they used to do like independent films, films you never heard of, like. Are you tiptoeing in my ear? You know, something like that, something crazy. And we will listen, we will watch those movies, uh -huh. but we'll play that music in the background. Oh, okay. And it was like fun. And so we got on this this conversation that, you know, I said, you know, if I ever decide to propose to you, you wouldn't see it coming. She said, oh, yes, I will. I will see it coming. You can't, I, I will know. She said, you just can't trick me like that. She said, I'm smart. I know your game now. I'm like, oh, okay. The things are getting serious. Yes, and they so, were serious. So you knew this was the guy? Yeah, I knew this was the guy. Okay. You know, you get to a point where you get tired of, okay, he's coming over to my place. And then you just don't want him to leave. It's like, okay, what, what are we doing? Right. But you, you aren't lollygagging. No. This relationship I took very serious. I mean, I was maybe 30, going on 31. I wasn't that kind of person anyway. I believe that if I'm a, I'm a data person, I'm going to date that particular person. I'm not going to have a spare on the end, you know. But I believe in giving that person all the attention that they deserve. And so by me saying that, you know, I think within those six months, I went to the jewelry store and bought an engagement ring. She had no idea. And so I bought and hid it. And so and she, she said that, you know, I just want to know, are you wasting my time? And I said, nah, don't waste your time. Sure, I'm not wasting time. She said, I just want to know. I said, I just let you know, you know. <laughs> I, I did. I did it already. I let, you, I let you know that I'm not wasting time. But I just want to let you know that, you know, if you're wasting my time, you know, I, I'll go somewhere else. So you were wanting him to pony up or what? <laughs> well, I think it was that I just wasn't hearing what I wanted to hear. You know, Which I mean, was what? Well, men and women communicate differently. And, you know. Really? Yeah, we do. 
very direct person. I am. I feel like I'm a direct person. He is not. He's not a very direct person. And he's very nonchalant about some things, in my opinion. He just He's just really a little bit too cool about it. But don't you think you guys balance each other out? Probably? We do. Okay. I, I'm, I will say I know that I'm a little bit more intense. Mm-hmm. Right. I needed to see something. I know you would think that hearing someone say the words... I'm not wasting your time. No, I like to see action. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't I like that, you know, to yeah. this day? Yeah, I mean, you still like that. You know, you know I, I believe in action, not words do mean sure. something, but I believe in that's, putting that's, forth action. That's fair. Okay. And so I said, oh, wow, she's really on me. And I, and I, I remember when she left, I went. <laughs> Went to my secret place and pulled out the ring and said, she just don't know you exist. (laughs) I had to have one-on-one with the ring and like... My precious. Yeah, my precious. (laughs) So what I did, I put it back and said, you know what? Let me quit playing around. I said, I said, gee, I've been holding on this thing for a long time. I said, Tim told me about this place that he usually DJs every, I think, Friday, Saturday night. I said, I'm going to go there and talk to him. And so... I went to Spun Records that day, and I said, hey, Tim, how you doing, man? And you're like, I'm doing fine. I said, listen, I know you DJ at that place called Kazoo's. I want to propose, I said, to Kelly. And you're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I said, I want to propose to her. I said, but there's a, a song called Love Yourself by Blue Six. And you said, oh, yeah, yeah, I have that one. It wasn't on the Better Tomorrow CD. It was on some... It's probably was a mix. It was a mix on another CD. And he said, but I have that. I have it. And you told me, I have it. I said, okay, cool. And I said, okay, this is the deal. You're going to play all the other songs. Matter of fact, you're going to play the favorites. She's not going to have an idea what's going on. But she's going to be enchanted by the fact that the music's being, you know, heard. All this different type of music. All the music that I have DJed in my bachelor pad. She's going to be so enchanted. I said, but when you play Love Yourself, that's what I'm going to propose to her, okay? okay. Zeus was a, a sports bar and grill. But they had fusion food. Yeah, Japanese yeah, food. Japanese food. Uh, because our friend Kaz was half Japanese, half black, American black. Black, black and East. And so his dad, who was Japanese, was the chef. They mixed all kinds of stuff. They had Korean stuff in there, but they, it was, yeah. everything was fusion. Oh, yeah, it was great, too. Yeah. Great food. And those two were funny because fathers and sons argue and fight sometimes. And yeah. I remember one time I was DJing, and, and yeah. Mr. Hashida came out. And he had his dirty apron on or whatever. He just sat in the dining room, mad about something. Yeah. And Kaz came out and said, Dad, you can't sit out here. You're all dirty. And he's like, yes, I'll do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I refuse to cook. Yeah, they were. And so Kaz had to go in there and start cooking. Uh, you know, he's kind of the host of the place. But so a lot of stuff like that was going on. <laughs> yeah, they did fight a lot. <laughs> they was the... Japanese version of Sanford and Son. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you can say the Japanese version of Sanford and Son. You big dummy. <laughs> yeah. That really worked. What would he always say about Kaz? All muscle, yeah. no brains. 
<laughs> so, and so I was thinking. It's like wait, a, wait, I don't, this is a side note. But did he ever tell you this story about Kaz when he was a little boy? No. Oh my God! He said that I think Mr. Hashida has worked hard his entire life, right. and he said that he was like really, really tired. And he said that Kaz was probably about probably about three or four years old. And he said that he fell asleep. He said he picked him up from the babysitter after he'd gotten off work and he was exhausted. And he said when he woke up, he said Kaz had put shit all over the room. <laughs> he said it was on the wall, on the sofa. He said he's still shitting on me to this day. <laughs> you know uh at some point, I didn't know what cause was. Like, I, I think I thought he was Hispanic. It took a while before he actually brought it up. And he said that my dad's Japanese and my mom's an American black. I said, well, how'd that happen? <laughs> oh, he, my God. Mr. Hashida got around. Well, he, Did you not ever see him around Joe's sister, Michelle? Uh, no. Did he oh, like her? Oh, my God. He loved uh, Michelle. Oh, my God. Well, the way cause to- told me, I mean, I'm sure it was an exaggeration, like, that you know, he came over here from Japan, and the first thing he did when he got off the boat was knock up a sister, because <laughs> he had the balls as big as Godzilla. He said something like that. Oh, I kind of believe that though. He kind of has that personality. I'm telling you, if you would have saw him, his personality completely changed around Michelle. Oh wow, <laughs> that could have been your brother-in-law. Could have been. You would have got nice food out of it. Oh, he's a great chef. Oh man, man that was great. That was the best I ever ate. So what happened is I was thinking about I said, hey Kelly, let's let's get ready and go to that um new place called Kazoo's. It's right at the common station. And you said, hmm, I never heard of that. I said, Well, I heard it's a nice place, have good food. She was so deep in it. Anything I could have said, it's like Let's go on a yacht and just jump off the yacht butt naked. She'd be like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. No, you know? would, you, would you really? No. Okay. <laughs> She's lying. But anyway, <laughs> I would you know. I to the yacht, but I would not get butt naked and jump off the yacht. It was that, that moment where I'm like, well, let's get ready and we'll go to place. I said, let's, let's, you know what, matter of fact, let's just dress up. She said, okay. So she put on a nice dress. And, and at that time, when she stepped out of the room with the dress on, I said, damn it, I think she knows she's on post tour. <laughs> Did you? I knew it was a special night. I'm going to be honest and say I had no idea. I did not suspect that he was going to propose. But I knew that it was a special night. It was the way he said, well, let's, let's go somewhere different. So that's why you didn't wear your brother's pants? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and so we went there, we got there, and on my way I was driving, I was just contemplating. I was like, I'm going to slip him this CD, damn, without her knowing it. Because you had to make me a compilation, because some of the stuff I didn't have. Right. And you were standing behind there, you was DJing. I think it was the first time you guys met. It was. It, it was, was the first time we met. And really and truly, you know, I had been to parties, but Kazoo's was different for Nashville at that time. Mm-hmm. It was one of the moments I had to act like I didn't know you. Uh-huh. And I said, well, hello, sir. How are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, I can't play this. And I slipped the CD to you. And you said, oh, gotcha. And I had warned Kazoo Kaz about this. Because mm-hmm. I think we needed you to sit 
where the, the speakers were pretty prominent. And so I had to tell him what was going on. Of course, he blabbed everybody. So when uh, I just kind of mentioned, like, hey, I'm about to play this song that is about to happen, like the entire kitchen staff, they're poking their heads out of the kitchen. I'm like, oh, no. Because <laughs> really? I, I thought I you were going to. no idea. Yeah, I thought you were going to see it and know what was up. But. No. And so it was like the perfect night because you was playing the right music, you know. <laughs> and so Kelly was like, oh, my God. This is, oh, they played all my, what, I just, all this music sounds so wonderful. I think he just played it because I'm here, you know. <laughs> yes, he is. So I did say that. I did. I did. I was like, I remember saying it at one point. I said, how does he know that every single song is my favorite? How does he know that, Joe? Joe was like, some DJs just have it, you know. <laughs> I had no idea. I wish I did have it, but <laughs> oh, you was jamming, man. You was you was really putting it down. I was doing what I was told. It was a, it was a seamless transitions, and it was it was funny because she was all like, "Wow, he's a cool DJ." I said, "I know. I heard good things about him. I heard he's a good DJ, great DJ." And so, uh, at that time, I, you know, it was coming up to that point. And I said, okay, let me get ready. So I gave you the cue to play that song. And this is what I said to her. I said, well, Kelly, I said, you know, what I dislike is for men when they get ready to propose to women. Well, what they do is they get on their knees and get in that prostrating position, basically beg a woman to take their hand in marriage. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe in that stuff. She really got turned off. She said, really, you don't believe that a man should get on his knees and, and ask a woman for a hand in marriage? And that's what I wanted her to do because mm-hmm. I was kind of feeding into it to basically get her to say, well, if you was proposed, what would you do? You know, and she fell right into that. And when I did this, you start playing love yourself. I said, so, and she said, oh my God, this is my favorite song, Love Yourself. Oh my God, this DJ is awesome. You know, (laughs) I'm going to marry him. Yeah. (laughs) I said, well, I was to do it. This is what I would do. So I did a full split, as you can remember, and I pulled out the ring and said, would you marry me? Now, before I can get yes, I got <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> and so, she, of course she said yes, and so the cops came out there. This is not a racist statement we make. But you know, Japanese people, they come over here, they like taking pictures and stuff. You know, it's just, it's just like, this is what they do. They just, they come over and they just take pictures anywhere they go. We're like, what are they taking pictures of that? But yeah. he came out with the camera and he just started taking pictures and stuff. Uh-huh. I'm like, it's just a parking lot, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, it's just a parking lot here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
And so I'm like, wow. And so she, she picked up the phone. So cell phones was there, you know. She picked up her cell phone and she's like, Mom, guess what? <laughs> Joseph proposed to me. And she's like, <laughs> So they both started yelling and screaming. So they put their dad on the phone. And they're dead, you know, all this screaming and yelling. They're like, well, <laughs> Joan. That's exactly how we talk. You're part of the family now. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> and so we was on cloud 27. I take her back to her place, right? This is cool, right? We get to a place, so you know what I'm thinking. Like, I just proposed to her, so you know what's going to happen, right? Cool. You guys got to hold hands. <laughs> well, before I can hold hands, she had a ditch beside her house. Uh-huh. So I ran right into that ditch. No! <laughs> yes! True story. Both of you in the car? Yes. <laughs> On overhill drive. Yes. Because, you know... On the overhill drive. You were so eager to get in the house. And- well, people drive so fast behind you, they don't realize, you know, okay, I got my signal light on. I got to turn right into this house, into this driveway, and they'll still be going 80 miles per hour behind you. And I said, let me get in there. And so I got in there, man, right into the ditch. Roof. Well, you know what? The thing about it is, I proposed <laughs> to her, and she felt so wonderful that she called the record and paid for it. Whoa. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I said, damn, she's going to be a good woman. I got the right thing. Wow. Did it damage your car in there? It didn't damage my car. It was like an easy, smooth, just transition when the car just went straight the through the ditch. The is that his car is a rear-wheel drive. Yeah. That's why I couldn't get out. And it just couldn't get out. I'm like, I said, oh, crap, I can't get out. Upon reflection, like, what are some other memories from that night? Or do you remember anything? I do. It was a great night. I remember just, you have moments in life where you're, you're just at peace and happy. It felt right. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, when you go somewhere and you hear every single song mm-hmm. that you love, and you're with the people that you love, I mean, I mean, what more could you ask for? That's true. And I love food. Yeah, and that food was the food good. was good. And you know? so, got married... Two, yeah. two kids later. Two, and we got married at Kazoo's. We got that picture right there. Is that Kazoo's? Uh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, we got married at Kazoo's. And, and, you know, so many friendships came out of that. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. I mean, truly wonderful. When I reflect back on that, I just, to this day, I mean, I met you. I met Grace. Mm-hmm. I met Kaz. You know, and I, you know, Kaz and I text sporadically. Mm-hmm. You know, he keeps in touch with Joe sometimes. You know, he'll call him up every once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. And the music. I mean, the music. Mm-hmm. I remember now Kaz talking about y'all's wedding because uh, I said, how'd it go? He said, good. He said, but the, the bride and groom were trying to clean up the place. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I'll take care of it. Like, no, they insisted. They insisted on, like, busting the tables. and That thought, was us. Yeah. yeah. 
And you DJ my wedding. Yes. Yeah. You played uh, Lionel Richie's All Night Long three times. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Emma still laugh about that. Whenever we hear that song, it's like. <laughs> well, the sound system was not. Yeah, it wasn't optimum. I know. Wasn't great. We were on a budget. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Just, just kept going on. I'm like. And and the flea. We played the flea for you, and you didn't even know. Oh, uh, it was probably so. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you were talking. The, the Herb Albert. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you were doing. I wanted you to play that Herb Albert song. What, what, what was it called? Spanish Flea? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because when we were kids, my dad would, he had this little wooden puppet man and a paddle and he would make it dance to that song. You were dancing to that song. Oh, was I? Didn't okay, know. I don't remember that. So you guys are married now, you have kids and, and obviously things would change. Does he still DJ for you? Yes. Really? He does. Yeah, I did. Is Not it? as often as he did. Yeah. That's the booth up there. And I would like to uh, recreate that moment again of some days just coming in there and just DJing for her. Mm -hmm. This one group I started listening to mm -hmm. is called Little Dragon. Matter of fact, Little Dragon, they was here maybe like, what, three or four months four, ago? Yeah, three or four months ago. They came to Mercy Lounge. And I wish you could have been there. You would have enjoyed it. Yeah. But Little Dragon, their music, are, it's, their music is phenomenal. Okay. I mean, so. Recently, in the last few years, gotten into dubstep. So, James Blake, oh my gosh. When we, I discovered James Blake. <laughs> Any final thoughts? How long, how many years ago was that? This is our 13th year, isn't it, honey? Yes. Of marriage, we were together about a year and a half before we married. Oh. So, 14 and a half years. Wonderful years. Now, I, I, you know, marriage, it really is a journey. But... My advice to couples is really and truly always focus on what you love. You know, when you're upset with one another, you know, it's just only normal. You know, you're going to have arguments. Everything is not going to be perfect. But always try to focus on what you have in common and what you love. Yes, people change, but in our relationship, in our marriage, music has always remained a constant. It's brought so many wonderful things along with it. Friends. Children who put cell phones in the toilet. Yes. <laughs> and they love, absolutely love music. It's, it's great. So you DJ for the kids now? Oh, yes. They love, you know what? They love Daft Punk. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, anything with robot helmets. I mean, Oh, yes. They, when they see those robot helmets. And I said, I don't know if this would be possible because they're, they'll be 79 years old but if they ever come here to nashville i'm take them yeah. 
you know, if I got to put a mustache and beard and glasses and a hat on them, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get them to, I'm going to get them in that concert to see, you know, oh Daft God. Punk. They But you know what, you know, I guess what I can say if I was to reflect on this or my finalize my statements on this whole conversation, all these conversations. It's not yeah. a courtroom drama. Yeah, I'm just gonna You're not on trial. Yeah. But I like saying it like that, though. I think it feel like it's, you know, yeah. you know, but I would say, you know, men, we not. Well, I could say we are simple creatures and <laughs> but we're simple in a good way you can say that again. you know because when we set out to do something we make our minds up on it and we do it and we accomplish it you know i knew what i needed in life and that was her wow. kelly and so i set my mind on it i said i said i set everything else apart and i remember talking to my dad and my dad which is not with us anymore he said that uh he said so Joe, you're gonna marry her i said oh, yeah i'll marry her he said uh I said, when? Two years from now. He said, oh, hell. Two years from now? He said, man, come on. He said, listen, if you really want her, it doesn't take two years to marry somebody. I said, well, I got to get this together, finances. He said, you're always going to have financial issues. Marry the woman. He said, because whatever you don't have, you you will create together. I said, hmm. He said, take it from me, I know. He said, if you if you think she's the one or feel she's the one, snatch her up. He said, "Don't." He said, "Men, we don't." He said, "Real men don't procrastinate. We do." Well, what else did your dad say? Really oh, I can't say that. that. I can't say that. No, on, no, on that. Not, that. Just, you know, not that part. You know that. what? Your dad gave you sexual about. advice. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he is his father's son. He is his father's son. I will say that. Not that part. So, it, your did he your dad's in the feet also. <laughs> Oh yeah! Why do you think I get? Yeah, toes. Oh uh. yeah. <laughs> you ask me, Tim. No. You have a no. bucket or something? I can. <laughs> what, what did your dad say? Well, it, it, it was it was more of a question. Can you handle that? Yeah. Are you ready to handle her? What uh, way did he mean? You know, like deal <laughs> no, with. No, you're leaving something out. Your daddy told you you couldn't handle that. Oh, he said, that's, he too said that's, too much. Much. that's too much women for you. <laughs> you. Can't handle that woman. That's a real woman there. You can't handle that. I said, well, dad, I'm not a little boy anymore. He said, I'm carrying a little boy, a grown man. You can't handle that. That's too much woman for you. So uh, I said, well, you know, I'm, I am related to you, you know. We just alike, you know. I, said, I, I can handle her, you know. But don't procrastinate. He said, because real men don't procrastinate. They just take it, you know. I don't mean to say it like that. Take it, but you know. Oh, forget about being politically correct. You know, but we get the context. Okay, okay. Then take we we take it. Yeah. <laughs> we take what's ours. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the saying: once you think it, it already happened. Yeah. It just takes your physical to catch up with your mental or the spiritual side of things. Mm-hmm. But I'll leave it as that. When you told your folks that, did they have any advice for you? My cousin and I, who's like my big sister, 
Whenever I broke the news to her, the first thing that she said was, in light of my divorce, she said, it's only been like less than a year since your divorce is final. But that marriage was over for a while, though. It was. It was. And that was my response to her. But what was interesting is that my parents never said that. Not once. And that never has come up. They could tell you it was all right, guy. Yeah. What had they thought about your your ex-husband? Oh, my gosh. My parents, my mother told me, and I think it, it has so much impact if you know, if you knew my dad. My dad comes from a time where, you know, he was very old school. He mm-hmm. was a man. He's like a Clint Eastwood type. Mm-hmm. A man of few words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and a big 45. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when my dad says something, he means it. My mother told me, she said, do you not realize, and, and this is whenever I was married to this person. She says, do you not realize that your dad cries and prays every night and asks the father why? Why did my daughter make a choice like this? They warned you against him, right? Yes, they did. And you ignored him? I completely ignored him. You know, when my mother told me that, I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, knowing my father and who he is, Mm -hmm. you know, that he stayed up at night worried. Because of my choice and I made. Wow. Not once did they question my choice. Oh. When I married Joe. And then she Not had once. my baby. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put that in there. <laughs> this is my first marriage, so. Hopefully yeah. your last. Oh, it will be my last. <laughs> I mean, it, it will be my last. I mean, I, I won't do this again. I mean, this. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I come out right. I don't mean to say it that way. Oh, I get it. But I you know, I, I believe in doing things right. I know you get it too. Yeah. Yes. I believe in doing things right the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it sometimes takes people twice or three times, four times. It took me twice. In a way, you probably should thank your ex-husband in some way because when you you probably met her at her worst. And you saw, like, even when she was at her worst, she wasn't all that cruel. I mean, she obviously groused at you about dogging her clothes, but... I mean, I, saw, I remember on laundry day, she had this white t-shirt on, it was tattered, and it had a hole right there, and it exposed a navel. And I'm like, man, that's cool. That's a high shirt, because it exposed that navel. And I was like, that looks good. You know, it's got, like, Cheeto stains on the front of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a tattered shirt that... Has a hole that exposed that navel. You were at the work? <laughs> no, he was at my place. Oh, okay. It was laundry and day. And it was laundry um. and cleaning day. So, <laughs> I was dressed in play clothes. Okay. You know. Did you not know he was coming over? <laughs> I didn't know, but I really didn't care. Okay. Well, she had these <laughs> white jars on a white t-shirt. Tattered, tattered. You know. And with that hole with the exposed navel, and I'm like, man, she looks good. And I figured that's gonna be my wife if she looks like that on a day with tattered clothes that with a hole in a t shirt that exposed the navel, then that's gonna be my wife. <laughs> Thank you, thanks for coming on. And- oh, you are, okay. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. Get up, get up, that's Okay, if you'd like to hear more of Kelly and Joe, one of the previous episodes that they were on that stands out to me is number 50, where we reminisce and swap stories about the 1980s. Also, Kelly is the voice of DJ Finessa, 
while Joe is the voice of MC Busboy in the series of low-budget stop-motion films I made called Zowgow. That's spelled Z-O-W-G-O-W. And you can find those on YouTube. In the Corner, Back by the Woodpile is produced by a closet, a pocket, and a suitcase. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for Spun Counter Guy. You can send us an email via SpunCounterGuy at Hotmail.com. The podcast is also hosted on iTunes and Podbean.com. Peace and chicken grease! We are-